Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, September 27th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, a failed deal in Denver is casting a shadow over the potential privatization of St. Louis Lambert International Airport. Denver International Airport last month halted a nearly $2 billion construction and privatization deal. That leaves residents dealing with plenty of construction at their airport. Two or three years with this is a little much, but I mean, what do you do? St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff traveled to Denver to learn more about the partial privatization experience at that airport. First, the news. Missouri is set to carry out its first execution in three years next week. Russell Bucklew is scheduled to die this coming Tuesday. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports, organizers of a 70,000-signature petition are asking the governor to stop the execution. Advocates don't believe Bucklew is an innocent man and admit his crimes are heinous. But due to his rare medical condition where tumors grow in his head, neck, and throat, they say executing him by lethal injection would be a cruel and unusual punishment. Bucklew asked for death by gas, but the U.S. Supreme Court rejected the request. Nimrod Chappell Jr., Missouri's president for the NAACP, says Bucklew is someone that should never be executed because of his condition. Uh, he won't die as anticipated. As you would simply fade away. This will be a cruel and inhumane death, literally gurgling and dying on your own blood. Medical professionals say Bucklew's tumors could burst, causing him to choke on his own blood. The governor's office says they will thoroughly review the case before any decision for clemency is made. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri Governor Mike Parson says he is close to making his appointment to a 19-member body examining governance in St. Louis and St. Louis County. The Municipal League of Metro St. Louis gathered enough signatures to launch the Board of Freeholders. St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruzen and County Executive Sam Page appoint 18 out of those 19 members. Parson makes the final selection. The GOP chief executive expects action soon to fill out the board that could present a city-county merger plan to voters. We're going through that process. We know we're on the clock a little bit to get that done, so we'll we'll be making sure that appointment gets made uh, in a timely manner and that we try to get the right person in place. Cruson has nominated her nine appointees. Page is expected to make his selections soon. Washington University students are using new classrooms and workspaces now that a $280 million new construction project is nearly complete. Here's St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin. The construction is an overhaul of the university's east side adjacent to Forest Park. That part of campus had been dominated by a 1,000-space parking lot. Additions include a building for an expanding engineering program and one housing a new graduate program in visual culture. There's also an expansion to Kemper Contemporary Art Museum. University architect Jamie Kolker says planners wanted to build stronger connections among students and faculty working in different disciplines. Before this project, things were much more isolated and siloed and sort of there's the museum and there are the sculptures and there's the engineering building and there's the art building. So this is all about making these connections visual and programmatic. A second engineering building is set to open next year. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Tell a friend about this podcast. You can tell even more people about it by rating and reviewing The Gateway wherever you get your podcasts. 
St. Louis is considering privatizing St. Louis Lambert International Airport, but roughly a thousand miles away, a partial privatization effort at another airport recently went wrong. Denver International Airport halted a nearly $2 billion construction and privatization deal last month, and the company that Denver fired for Rovial Airports could likely bid for the St. Louis Airport. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff traveled to Denver to find out what happened and what advice people in the Mile High City would give St. Louis. We'd like to welcome you to Denver. Here at Denver International Airport on a Tuesday morning, it's a fairly calm day for the country's fifth busiest airport. This is the terminal. In the main terminal, though, it's a little harder to get around than usual. One third of what's also known as the Great Hall is blocked off for construction, though there are few construction workers in sight. After a year of work, the nearly $2 billion project came to a screeching halt late this summer when the airport fired Great Hall partners. That group is led by Spanish company Ferrovial Airports, which is also eyeing a potential lease on St. Louis's airport. On a walkway, you can look down at the construction that's not happening. Just a lot of white walls and construction, some, um, not a lot of work, actually, not a lot of things being done. Denver resident Paula Gallegos flies out of the airport weekly for work and says the construction adds 15 minutes to her routine, and it's probably going to be like this for a few more years. Two or three years with this is a little much, but I mean, what do you do? In mid-August, Denver's mayor made the difficult decision to stop the construction project in its tracks. The termination fee, at least $200 million. During a press conference at the time, the airport CEO Kim Day said the project had gotten out of hand. Just a year in, the contractor projected it needed an extra three years and $300 million to finish the job. We are very far apart in terms of cost and schedule and our values, prioritizing safety, the passengers' experiences, and our airline operations. In a statement, Ferrovio blamed the discovery of weak concrete as the core problem in Denver, but promised a smooth withdrawal from the project. Both the company and the airport declined interview requests for the story because the two are in termination negotiations. No one can really speak directly about Ferrovio, but lots of people are reflecting on what went wrong, and that's certainly true at City Hall. Inside the traditional-looking building in Denver's modern downtown, its echoey halls bustle with conversation. This is where city council members gave final approval to the deal. Up on the fourth floor in City Councilwoman Debbie Ortega's office, she says in retrospect they should have demanded more transparency and time to get the process right. And that's a lesson she says St. Louis elected officials should take away. I would just hope that your uh, Board of Aldermen are taking the time to be thorough in looking at all the details so that they know what the long-term commitment is they're getting the city in the middle of. Ortega is one of two council members who voted no on the contract, which also included a 30-year lease to operate concessions in the main terminal. She says she was frustrated she only had a week to review it, and she wasn't allowed to seek advice from outside counsel. Some of us actually got hard copies of the contract and started plowing through it, which were two boxes, two file boxes of documents. It didn't include the financials. Councilman Chris Herndon says he voted for the contract and says it really hasn't shaken his support of public-private partnerships. Herndon points out the deal in Denver failed during the construction phase, before privatization. And just because it didn't work out in Denver, he says, doesn't mean it won't in St. Louis. You have to ask yourself, is it a good fit? And that's why it's important for them to do their due diligence. I wouldn't say you shouldn't do it because of what happened in Denver. They're two separate incidents. He says it will be up to St. Louis officials to weigh this experience in Denver, along with Ferrovial's work with other airports like London Heathrow and Madrid.
Back at the airport, most passengers hurrying to their flights aren't spending a lot of time thinking about who's to blame for the inconvenience. I think people can understand when you're under construction that there's going to be a little dust and things aren't going to be so pretty. That's Denver resident Tish Mays, who's waiting for a meeting. She also happens to be a consultant who advises airports across the country. She says while most passengers are understanding, airports give a first impression about a city. That's why she's skeptical that privatization leaves cities with enough control. And I would tell that to any city council member that was thinking about doing so. Keep it in your own hands, keep it your own baby, because then you'll nurture it the way it needs to be. From here on out, that's what Denver airport officials plan to do, starting with overseeing the rest of the construction project themselves. While they didn't agree to an interview, they did offer some advice for St. Louis. Make sure there's a termination clause. Reporting from Denver, I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. The Cardinals hit the final weekend of the regular baseball season with a one-game lead on Milwaukee in the division. Each team has three games left. The Cards are hosting the Cubs this weekend. The Brewers are in Colorado to take on the Rockies. Find me on Twitter, at Wayne Radio. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.